Welcome to the podcast, Meet My Potential, where Deepa chats with leaders around the world once a week or simply shares her insights. This podcast is for those who aspire to meet their highest inner potential. Each episode brings you one simple tool that you can apply at work or in life. Hello and welcome to this episode on the limits of being a perfectionist. That's right. Today, I would like to talk to you about the limits of being a perfectionist. I'd like to share with you my own concrete examples of how perfectionism killed joy in the way I was working. And I'd like to share with you some tactics to have more joy at work and to diminish the side effects of being a perfectionist. So if this podcast is not perfect, then you know that I've really worked on recovering from being a perfectionist. Let me start off by giving you a little example of how perfectionism actually got in the way of me wanting to create my podcast channel. I actually wanted to be from day one a great podcaster, and I had no experience of having been on television shows or radio channels or even doing a bit of theater. So I had no prior experience. And at the same time, I was pushing myself to record, to delete, to re-record again and try again and to sound better. And I realized at one point of time that this was actually delaying my launch and I just had to go. And I started actually reflecting what was happening on the mental side. And I realized that my inner critique was very loud. I had dialogues like, how can I say all the things I want to say in just 10 or 15 minutes? What if I forget to say an important point? What if it's not well done? And the way perfectionism works is that it judges and points us out to our mistakes. And I include myself in that equation when I say us, because I know I am still a recovering perfectionist. So as I talk in this podcast, I'm going to say us and I'm going to say we because I include myself in that equation. The way perfectionism works is that it judges us and it makes us to go back and to correct our mistakes until it's corrected. It's corrected. And until our piece of work is just simply outstanding. I realized that every time I found mistakes or every time people found mistakes in the work that I was doing, I would go and isolate myself and work and beat myself up and replay scenarios in my head as to, oh, how was that workshop? Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I should have done it this way. Maybe then everybody would have liked it. And so we can actually make ourselves feel miserable. And to the extent that we could go into a rabbit hole feeling miserable about our mistakes and perfectionism actually increases the noise level of our inner critique. And it makes us go into this rabbit hole where it just completely saps the energy from our body. And it's almost as if that it's not about a mistake that I have made, but it's about I am the mistake. And I wonder if sometimes when you replay mistakes or you replay scenarios in your head, are you able to separate your actions from yourself as a person? And that is one of the most important things. There was a moment when I realized that I'm just human and I'm not this perfectly constructed thing. Then it actually took away that power from me. Perfectionism feels more like, oh, I've arrived at this place. And it kind of feels static. 
I remember a time when I was making a presentation and I went back and I said, oh, I can change the font colors to make it look better. Oh, I can make this animation. Oh, I can maybe have more pictures to make it more visual. And I kept going back and changing and changing and changing. And sometimes when you keep doing that, there is a point where you arrive and you say, wow, now I feel good. Now I think it's great. And now I've made the perfect presentation. And that is a kind of a static place. And it's all in our head that we feel we've arrived. There are no outside standards to be met. It's we who set these very high internal standards for ourselves. And in that static place, it's as if we accept ourselves if we meet those high standards. We have a false belief that others will accept us if we are perfect. And so when I actually started to analyze my perfectionism tendency, I realized that when my perfectionism is in control of my behaviors, I tend to procrastinate. I tend to postpone because maybe now is not the right moment to do it perfectly well. And so let me do it later when I have all the right information. Let me do it later when I have much more time. That's the number one thing that perfectionism does procrastinate or postpone. The second thing that perfectionism does is it pushes us to over-deliver high standards all the time, leading us to fatigue. That's the second one. The third one that perfectionism does to us is it judges ourselves and it judges others. It increases the noise level of our inner judge and tells us, oh, wow, you have another chance to go out and do it in a better way. And we get into this pursuit of reaching higher and higher standards. So the first one is procrastinate. The second one is deliver high standards all the time. And the third one is increasing the noise levels of our inner judge and inner critique. And the fourth one is sometimes we are even sneakily proud of our perfectionism. And that's a kind of a cheat sheet If you understand, it's like the perfectionism finds a way to cheat and live within us by telling us that, oh, come on, be proud. You have done so many great things and it's thanks to me, it's thanks to the perfectionism that you have been able to succeed up until now. So that's the fourth thing. The fifth effect of the perfectionist is that it soothes our ego in a way that we kind of tend to feel good. Oh, great. I think I did a great job at that presentation. Oh, I think a great job in preparing and in designing that piece of work. And it's this ego of, oh, patting ourselves on the back. I think that's great. And the sixth one is looking back at the past and replaying scenarios in our head over and over again. Oh, why did I do it that way? I shouldn't have done it that way. Had I done it that way, then the others would have reacted differently and the result would have been completely different. I know what it feels like when you have to live up to high standards all the time. So before I share with you some tips, let me introduce you to excellence. Because getting on the journey of excellence is truly something I'm aspiring to do as a recovering perfectionist. Here's what excellence holds for me. Excellence is an ongoing state of being, which is it's a continuous journey that just doesn't stop because you did something terrible, because you made a mistake, or because you did something great and magnificent. Excellence is this ongoing 
commitment. It's this hallmark of all your qualities. It's the hallmark of all the magnificent things that you are and that you are becoming both at the same time. So in excellence, there are four main qualities for me. One of them is appreciation. Appreciation, not just when you do things well. Appreciation, especially when you develop something that's mediocre. Appreciation when something is much below the mark of your own standards. Appreciation for what you're attempting to do. Appreciation for your failures, indicating that you're actually growing, that you've actually attempted something new, that you're trying something different, and that you're actually risking yourself to not stay in this comfort zone of success because success is actually a comfort zone. And perfectionism is actually a comfort zone. So the minute you go out and try something new, crazy, different, challenging, You are putting yourself at risk of failing. And so if you haven't failed, that means you're not really risking your boundaries. And so appreciation is critical to hold yourself in that bowl of appreciation for everything that you are. And it's almost like every failure yields more appreciation because it gives you more information towards excellence rather than every failure or setback throws you back into another hole of depression, but rather every failure is another opportunity to grow, another opportunity to move towards excellence. So the number one quality of excellence for me is appreciation. The second one for me is flow. Flow reminds me of a musician who is playing in a stadium with his instrument Regardless of whether there is one person or regardless of whether there are 1,000 or 10,000 people in the stadium, but just completely present to the music that he is playing. So flow is a way of being totally present with whatever is happening right now in this very moment. It's not about being attached to results. It's not about clinging to that thing in the past. And I talk about flow because I feel life is like a river that's continuously flowing. And when you cling on to your mistakes, when you cling on to your past, it's almost like you're clinging on to that little rock by the river and polishing it, hoping that it wasn't there or hoping that it was just different and that you had done things differently or circumstances were different or things were different, clinging on and replaying incidents in the past that is getting stuck in that river of life because then you're clinging on to something from the past. Flow is about moving with the speed of things, moving with what is happening right now in the present. Flow is about not looking at the world through the lens of your mistakes. It's about not looking at the world through the lens of your setbacks, but rather just flowing in that journey of life towards excellence. So the first one is appreciation. The second one is flow. And the third one for me in that journey of excellence is influence. And when I say influence, it's about playing in your zone of influence. What is my circle of influence? What is it that I can change? What is it that I can do? How can I serve? How can I make the difference? How can I support? It's not about controlling 
people around controlling the way things are happening, but rather how can I influence and give it my best shot without needing to get on top of things and use my power, use my force to make those changes, but really like how can I be humble and how can I serve and how can I play my zone of influence? So that's the third one. So the first one is appreciation. Second was be in the flow. Don't get attached to the results. And the third one is play in your circle of influence. And the fourth one is something extremely simple and which can be extremely hard. At least it has been hard for me. And I'm sure it's very simple. And at the same time, I don't take away how hard it is. And the fourth one is actually quite magical. And it is, remember that you are magnificent. Remember that you are magnificent just as you are. And remember that you are becoming magnificent and you hold the bright sides and the dark sides of you and hold both your dark and your bright sides with magnificence. So four things on the journey of excellence Appreciation, number one. Number two, flow. Number three, influence. Play in your circle of influence. And number four, remember that you are magnificent just as you are and you are magnificent for whoever you are becoming. I hope you will remember these. And uh, if you dare to go beyond, then I'd really recommend you to pick up a piece of paper and write down 10 magnificent things about yourself right after you hear this podcast. That's right. Pick up a piece of paper and a pen and write down 10 magnificent things about yourself. And I'll be happy to hear from you on that. So do write to me. Thanks very much for listening. See you next time. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to know more how you can meet your potential, check out www.meetmypotential.com. That's www.meetmypotential.com. Join us again. And until then, stay cool.